Welcome to another episode of the Circumpolar People Podcast. Today we'll be discussing climate change. My name is Tommy Holtz, and my co-hosts are... Nate, Lucas, and Reagan. So, what is climate change? Climate change, basically, is the long-term shift in temperatures and weather patterns throughout the world. Um, we see this come in many forms outside of just the most popular one that we talk about in terms of, like, emissions. Climate change affects a lot of people, especially one instance that really affected me when I learned about it was kids. Uh, kids have a higher risk of, you know, heat stroke and dehydration because, you know, it's much hotter than normal. I know looking back, I had plenty of experience in my childhood where I was playing like a baseball game and I just would get extremely dehydrated and sweaty and all that stuff. And Nate, do you have an experience like that yourself? I did. I actually used to run track in uh, high school, so it was really hot and yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, I remember like running cross country and just getting exhausted, no matter how much water I drank. And like I had older, one specific thing that pointed out, there was an older like team member that was like, why are you drinking so much water? <laughs> I'm like, I'm thirsty. Um, the climate change comes in many sp- specific forms, like uh, higher ri- rising sea levels, um, changing weather patterns, like specific more storms rolling around. Um, there's some instances that you'll talk about more, Nate, about the Arctic, mm-hmm. but that's you know for a little bit later. Um, climate change also you know affects you know infrastructure like uh, bridges, roads, ports. Like a lot of that's made out of material that takes a lot of like you know sun damage, and with the thinning ozone layer due to climate change, um, it's getting extremely damaged and can you know, fail, which is you know, not good. I don't think I want to be driving over a yeah. bridge that could, you know, <laughs> fall apart. Um, and the, not just like, you know, damaging infrastructure with heavy rainfall, you know, you guys have all like, Reagan, if you have a, you know, driving through like, you know, a thick storm. Oh yeah, always. Not fun. Um, no. You know, gripping wheel, like don't spin, don't spin <laughs> off the road, please. Um, hydroplaning isn't fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all had hydroplaning experiences, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, according to, like, you know, leading global climate change, you know, stat tracking sites, global temperature has risen about uh, 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit from 1901 to 2020. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, it's it's a huge change, you know? Yeah, the Earth just... is genuinely heating up more than we're, like, you know used to yeah that's just the average it's not yeah um bleh. also a lot of places experience like different seasons so you got to think about how their winter transitions into their summer yeah and how that exactly. degree changes and speaking of that and transition yeah uh, the, speaking of that transition around here in northern kentucky um i don't know if you guys know the same thing way less snow than i remember as a kid <laughs> Less yeah. snow, and mm-hmm. last week it was like 30, 40 degrees. Now, now it's now like it's 70. 70. Yeah. <laughs> so. I prefer the 50s. I can't stand the humidity here. So some people like it, but like I miss going out as a kid, like, you know, every weekend and seeing, you know, six six inches of snow that I could sled down my hill in. Yeah. I think it snowed maybe twice this last, this last year, which is unacceptable in my opinion. No, and then when it did snow, it was like negative 10 degrees, and then we skyrocketed back to like 50 degrees. Yeah. And flooded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another stat is the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has also risen about 25% since 1958. Um, That's not good. We need oxygen, not carbon dioxide to breathe. And, you know, the fact that there is less oxygen due to the fact that there's being more carbon dioxide is not good. Um... 
And that's pretty much all I have covered in terms of like general climate change. I know, Nate, you wanted to talk about specifically the Arctic. So why don't you... Yeah, so I focused more on the Arctic climate change, and uh, I did some research on the glaciers. The glaciers are actually melting so fast that um, more, it's called calving, so it's basically like at the edge of the sheet of ice. It's when it falls into the water and basically creates an iceberg. More of that is happening, and um, it actually is It's happening faster now than it was before. Um, and I bet that affects the whole entire world as far as, like, the sea level rising and lowering. Yeah. And maybe not just Arctic people, but maybe people in the United States or in other countries. Yeah, and so, and so but what they have found is that it's, it's melting, but later when it's getting colder and going into winter, it's not freezing again. So mm. it's just raised, obviously, the sea levels are rising. And yeah. It just doesn't go back down. Yeah, exactly. So then, like, the, in the, along the lines of that, the more ice that we have, the more reflective the Earth, quote-unquote, is. So when we don't have ice, then it's not reflecting the sun, so it's just warming up the water and basically making that cycle happen even faster. It's kind of like, like, kind of like a domino effect? Yeah, oh, yeah. And it, it's just like a never-ending circle when it comes to that. Too bad it's not a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it would be very good if I walked out into the ocean and I started boiling. <laughs> well, at only 110 degrees, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, maybe 150, you'd probably worry about scalding, but then uh, <laughs> maybe you'll have some cooked fish. So, Nate, you did mention, like, you know, glaciers melting. And I know uh, Professor Lively talked about, um, like, uh, this is expanding uh, the Arctic, like, waterways in terms of, like, economic trade and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think this, in, in your opinion, do you think this will, like, expand that problem now that more art, more waterways are being opened? Less restrictive well, ways? I guess if you really think about it, the carbon dioxide, dioxide that is being emitted through emissions, like you talked about in the first part of your uh, speech, you were saying that it's causing global warming, obviously. So if you're having more transportation on diesel watercrafts, then yeah, essentially it is. It's, I think it will also definitely help because you're you're going to lose all that ice and you're going to have more open water. Yeah. So it'll be easier for boats to get through. So I think more countries will want to use it as trade routes and especially for natural resources. Yeah, so it's almost like a, a lose-lose situation. And But obviously you gain the goods faster, so I guess that's a win. But yeah, but yeah. like that one who's stand. being most affected by us, it's uh, definitely the animals. <laughs> Speaking when you mentioned the, the trade routes, um, from what I was looking up, uh, I'd say from who's most affected with those trade routes are definitely narwhals because Arctic Circle, that's their territory. That's where they like to hang out. I mean, with the uh, melting ice, um, let's see, I mean, no, sorry. Um, I mean, with the, yeah, with the melting ice, so orcas are one of their few predators, and orcas are also starting to venture into the unfamiliar territory that is within the Arctic Ocean and because um, uh, narwhals, of course, they communicate by whistling with all these new trade routes coming on. Um, it makes it harder for them to communicate and they also have been dealing with some hearing loss, some of them, with these new uh, trade routes coming about. Then with all the melting ice, that's uh, less ice for the polar bears to be on because yeah. they usually hunt uh, living off the icebergs. means it's more water for them that they have to traverse traverse across 
And then not only with um, the ice, um, you know, like when it freezes up, melts again, it makes it harder for the reindeer for grazing because um, uh, whenever it will just become harder for them to get through the ice. And then, of course, when it comes to also melting ice, uh, walruses are another issue. Um, they've been having to deal with some because um, usually they would also be on the icebergs. And what they've been having to do lately is that most of these animals have been having to migrate south. Like, let's say, like, along the coast of Russia, for example. Uh, walruses, um, they will, they've been climbing up uh, these steep cliffs. And uh, it's been taking a number of them because these cliffs are just so steep to the point where uh, they're actually just falling off of them. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's uh, not pretty. I love walruses, though. <laughs> but then we can't forget about the lemmings, you know. Um, the, the misconceptions of the lemmings as well, because um, it's also been causing them to do more of their uh, uh, very much known ma uh, aggressive migration patterns, which some people take for them as being quote unquote stupid. So what, what is a lemming? Uh, it's the, like this, uh, don't know. they're like a fluffy little rodent that's native to the Arctic region. And um, they became most popular with this misconception that they commit quote unquote mass suicide in their migrations, because uh, when it comes to migrations, they'll move in pretty big packs just to separate from the main pack or whatever the plural is for it. And they will do it by any means, even if it comes to uh, jumping off cliffs, swimming across water. And these mis misconceptions were actually um, started by uh, a documentary that was produced by Disney, in which um, uh, I can't remember the name of the person, but they actually pushed lemmings off of a cliff. Uh, when they were not quote-unquote migrating and um, wow. Yeah, it's pretty awful stuff, but uh, Yeah, they're just very aggressive when it comes to migrating. They're not dumb or anything. Maybe a little foolish though So when people think that they're stupid, what are they doing during this migration to make them seem stupid? Well, it's really just like the appearance of them uh, jumping off the cliffs as if they're committing mass suicide that makes it look like they're morons Oh, wow. So instead of, like, jumping off cliffs, they're more or less, like, sliding down, but people are, you know... Or, like, they diving into water. They're more more or less that, yeah. More or less that. I, I mean, they can swim at least, but if it's, like, an ocean current, they're probably going to get swept up by yeah. something like an orca yeah. or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, they'll just do anything. They're, uh, they're pretty gutsy. Yeah. But um, everyone knows how rodents are. <laughs> Reproduce so quickly. They're just going all the way to this, like, kind of like a boomer bus when it comes to their population. So it's good that we have orcas in the ocean to maybe eat the lemmings so that they don't overpopulate and kind of take over the Arctic, wouldn't you say? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that they already have it. It's already paying for them enough already. But um, orcas, I mean, another thing is that with all that ice... Um, they can even get stuck in the ice because their dorsal fins are pretty big. And uh, it's caused them to die of starvation because of that. Wow. And then they're also, um, they'd be competing to be the apex predator with polar bears as well. Oh, yeah, wow. going, going back to the polar bears, I found, I was watching this video about this guy. He was had a tour guide, and um, they were driving on a boat, obviously, through the ocean and in the Arctic. During the summer, obviously, because usually it's frozen, which actually I have an interesting fact about that. But uh, so in the summer, they were 
driving through and looking at the glaciers falling into the water and this guy was standing on shore with a gun and a pink hat because he was trying to protect them from the polar bears because I guess the polar bears are getting aggressive and territorial because of the their loss of territory, I guess. Yeah, they've been moving into some towns like... Uh, yeah. Then they mentioned that in class uh, in the Saha Republican Yakuza yeah, that there have been polar bear sightings. Yeah, which is crazy because it's really affecting the people groups in the Arctic because they're going to have to arm themselves to be able to take care of these polar mm-hmm. bears. But polar bears are also becoming more extinct than they were in the past. So it's also kind of sad for them. And I don't know how we are going to be able to take care of this in the future. Should we help the polar bears or should we help these Arctic people who are having to defend themselves against the polar bears? Yeah, and then that comes like, how do you help a polar bear? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you basically, you almost have to... You're, have them in an exhibit, like a zoo. Almost. Or, like, have reverse them, the last hundred years of climate damage. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, somehow. No you no can, easy thing. You can also um, help produce more food for them. Like, they do eat fish or they eat the lemmings. So They'll just, eat you. <laughs> <laughs> so just producing more of what they eat so that way they have a source of food. And they aren't having to go animals. into these civilization cities with these people to try to eat their food and get in their garbage. They're like big raccoons here in America. They want <laughs> yeah, to get they, your garbage, eat your garbage. Polar yeah. trash pandas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys you guys talked about, I have a question for you, Lucas. So you mentioned like all these things like with the narwhals and mm-hmm. the walruses and the orcas. So basically, just so I'm under, I'm understanding you correctly, it's all the melting ice has really reduced like the surface area for them to populate so they're having to move away is, is i'm assuming that that's basically the premise of what you were saying yeah more for the walruses and uh, polar bears lemmings i mean they're kind of more they stick to land for the most part but like <laughs> in a tundra climate but um i know just um that i mean really just for lemmings um just from what i had found it's more um their populace is really i think an issue with their migration patterns I'm pretty sure if I could recall correctly. And then and then I don't even know if polar bears would eat lemons because, um, you know, polar bears, they'd typically be living off of fish, like you mentioned, but also sea lions, seals, walruses, if they probably had the chance to. <laughs> yeah, that's where they get Those most big, of their big fat. Fellas. Yeah. That's, that's what I've found is that, like, so when the water freezes, it's um, their time to hunt in the winter. But the winter months are getting, well, I guess months, the winter time is getting shorter because of the the melting ice and not being able to, like, like spring, when you're in spring and it's going towards winter, it's taking longer for the ice to form and freeze completely over, so it's safe for them to hunt. And uh, obviously they need fat and um, walruses and seals. Well, most of the seals are good forms of fat. So, Lucas, I know you touched on reindeer just a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about it even more from, like, how the Arctic people really herd reindeer. So I know the Sami are a huge group of indigenous people that herd reindeer. Because, I mean, not only just the Sami, there's, yeah, I mean, there's also groups, but they're the yeah. biggest example. Yes. But, yeah, because they, they, they live off of reindeer. I mean, yes. they use them for food, <laughs> clothing, um, uh, trade. Yes. Or what else is there? <laughs> I well, mean, I mean, they're pretty uh, resourceful when it comes to their animals, and of course, tradition for them has always been yeah. reindeer herders. 
So because of climate change, it's raining more in the Arctic, creating this hard icy snow instead of the usual like powdery snow. Yeah, it's well, it's less for them. Uh, there's less um, stuff for them to graze, and they actually have to yes, buy more food. They tend to try to eat this certain type of food underneath the snow, and they're not able to get to it because of the ice sheet that's kind of overtopped the snow. Mm-hmm. So these Sammy people especially, but mainly reindeer herders, are having to spend, I can't even imagine how many thousands of dollars in paying for food for these reindeer. So that's one of the biggest ways that climate change has really affected these Arctic people. But all of us know that the sea level rising is a huge thing as well. Yeah. I mean, we can see it like on our East Coast and West Coast in the United States. Mm -hmm. But imagine when you're in the Arctic and the ice sheet is like right next to where you live and it just keeps melting and keeps melting. These people are having to move away from their homes because of the sea level rising and so many floods. Not just floods from like the sea level rising, but also raining. They're yeah. not used to it raining. Their houses and communities aren't suited for all this rain. So they're having to move away from land that their families have lived on for probably thousand years, maybe less, mm-hmm. maybe more. And Just they're having to move somebody where else, and somewhere else. That it's, rain is happening in the Arctic, too. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think about it. It never really does. It, it's not supposed to rain much there. No. It's supposed to mainly snow, and it's crazy how much more they're getting. And it's just affecting them so badly. Yeah. yeah you mentioned, like, you know, snow and ice freezing and refreezing. I know Professor Lively touched on it earlier uh, in the year. I want to touch on it here. Um, the fact, and I talked about infrastructure earlier, like mm-hmm. the sand, like not just the same, but a bunch of circumpolar people's yes. infrastructure is getting destroyed. I mentioned like uh, a unique case of like, oh yeah, the sun's gonna damage our bridges and stuff. Minimal chance, yeah. right? Yeah. This is not a minimal thing for no. them. No. And would you like to? So for them, mainly the flooding is the biggest thing, but they're also having wildfires. In the Arctic. Like in California, we've been experiencing, I mean, how many wildfires do we get a year? The Arctic is not used to this heat, and there's a ton of wildfires going on. Well, what lives in the wilderness? Animals. Animals. What they eat. The food that they need to survive. They are mainly hunters and gatherers. You don't find very much agriculture there just because the climate is just not suitable. So they're having to find ways to find food. And... The way that they have to ship food up to the Arctic, I mean, it's crazy. We watched um, a movie. Expensive, too. Yeah, we watched a movie. um, What was it called? What, the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies, about um, a group of teenagers in the Arctic who played lacrosse. A bag of chips was $16. That, and they didn't even have the money to go to to travel to do what they wanted to do. They had to fundraise all that because they lived up in northern, like, what was it, northwestern Nunavut? Yeah. So, I mean, when they aren't, most of them are hunter and gatherers and that's their job, they aren't going to have another way to have money to buy the food that they need because, you know, food, they can't find the food because of flooding or the reindeer situation where the reindeer aren't eating enough. Yeah. Well, there weren't any reindeer in the film, though. No, I they mean, didn't have reindeer in that no, film. No, they were living off the sea lions yes. for the most part. Fishing mainly. Yeah, fishing, sea lions. Sea lions are Just in general. Yeah, just in general. You know, when you're losing your main source of food, you're going to have to find another way to get food, and paying ridiculous amounts of money for food is going to be really hard for people. 
that rely on hunting as their main source of income and they aren't able to hunt. Yeah, there's one last thing uh, in terms of infrastructure that I wanted to talk about in terms of affecting the, the circumpolar people was the permafrost. Oh yeah. The permafrost, so um, with uh, rising temperatures, the permafrost has been melting and remelting and melting and remelting and shifting the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, how well the audience is versed in concrete, but concrete doesn't move well. No, no. <laughs> so no. things like you know roads, bridges are not sustainable anymore because of melting permafrost. Well, even just grasslands. There's grasslands that have the permafrost obviously underneath of it. And this guy, I was watching a video. He had a, a thermometer stuck in the ground about a couple of meters deep or so, like twelve or fifteen feet total, and it has risen in the past fifteen years like two degrees I think it was negative oh, wow. three now it's negative one degrees um <laughs> but that is causing actual like basically sinkholes but it's, it's really it's kind of cool looking it it looks cool but it's obviously not cool yeah. it has um it makes it like these mounds like small mounds about the size of this table and just have like a bunch of them all over there, all over the place. Also, these Arctic cities that you see with a bunch of indigenous people, they don't have concrete. They don't have, some of them do have cars. They mainly have snowmobiles, <laughs> or some even use the traditional sled, depending about which route they want to go. So they mainly use like dirt roads with rocks on them, like you would see in a poor country where they don't have enough you know, money to pay for roads. Well, not only that, repaving roads would be very expensive. Oh, and yeah. uh, I mean, I can somewhat attest to it. I used to live in Sweden, but not like anywhere near the Arctic Circle, but like the roads out in the countryside, they don't get repaved very often. No. And uh, when it comes to the winter, uh, you need, you're going to need to throw those winter tires on. Yes. But yeah, but when it comes to circumpolar people, I mean, dirt roads, I mean, it's just cheaper that way. Um, Even roads here, you don't see very many back roads in America, you know, getting repaved. No, like, I mean... So I can't imagine their roads. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's not like there's like a lot of potholes. I mean, but, I mean, it's just a colder climate. But, of course, if you're like, yeah, there's plenty of off-roads. So, yeah, like Lake House that um, my family has. Yeah, big off-road. But, yeah. I have a question for you, Nate. So I know that we've talked about these cold climates for mainly indigenous people, but what about mm-hmm. the people that just live there, especially their cars? How do their cars run? Well, like in Russia, like we saw in that video, I was going to talk about that. I mean, they, they had to keep their cars running like yeah. almost throughout the entire winter, or they had a heated garage where they needed to keep their car at a yes. certain temperature. In your it. Yeah. I was starting to think of Barrow for a second because uh, they would like have one of those uh, things that they put inside their car. Yeah, they keep, put it started. in like the engine to keep the engine warm while their mm-hmm. car is parked. So instead of like the thing where you like the meter where you have to pay, they have that to keep their cars warm, which is crazy because I can't imagine in a big city, you know, just leaving your car running and unlocked. Well, and that gets to like the whole thing to keep your car warm. That what energy is that using? I mean, that's I mean, using yeah. some sort of electricity, gas, amount. coal, or something, right? And so, it's just going all back all into those, the environment. Yeah, and all of those are adversely affecting the environment. But um, yeah, and I I started to look at uh, the cars. So like around here, right? Like diesel motors mainly. You have to have them plugged in in the winter. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. So you plug them in in the winter at night when they're not running, 
and it uh, it keeps a block warm. So when it, when you get to start it, it starts easier. Yeah. What are you sure? Wait, are From you talking diesel, about diesel diesel motors? Yeah. Not electrical. What? Yeah. So it's, so it's just like a little heater that keeps a block warm. So that when you get to start, and so because diesel gels really easily. Yeah. That's, so like, that's why. So when it is, yeah, when it's like it doesn't burn as easily easily as other types of gas, right? Yeah, diesel doesn't burn like that. It yeah, actually it's is gotta be combustible. It, you have to you have to have compression to combust diesel. Yeah. So that's why it's so hard to start. But I mean, with those cars there, gas motors have that problem. It's it's kind of crazy. And think yeah. about all that gunk going back up in and creating more greenhouse gases. And then there's worse climate change, and it's just like a a cycle. It just keeps going on and on. Yeah, like we talked about before. I mean, it, it's. It's almost a never-ending cycle, so it's like, how do you break that cycle? Yeah. I, it's going to be hard. It's going to take a long time. I mean, because everything that we know, we're using electricity to do this podcast, but I mean, guess yeah. where this electricity is coming from? Probably over in Lawrenceburg, burning <laughs> diesel, or burning gasoline. Yeah. yeah. It's some, there's something that people like the common folk like us will never be able to just change ourselves. It's, it's going to take a combined effort. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For sure. It'll, it'll never take just... The regular people can do what they what they can, but regular common emissions kind of doesn't really hold a candle to like factorial emissions. Yeah, yeah. Like the amount of insane stuff that people pump into the in shipping too. In shipping, like it's 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 a top down problem that right. needs to be addressed by people higher than ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and then you have the problem with the U.S. is trying to change it and other countries. Like, look in India. They have to wear masks when they go outside, not because of COVID, because of the pollution. They can't breathe that in. It's that, yeah. And that was a problem lungs. in Beijing at one point, too. Which yes. is... and, and in the film that we watched in Russia. Yes. I mean, it was in the summer. It was so hot and so, um, like, foggy, but it wasn't fog like we're used to here. It it's was just yeah. pollution. Just small, yeah, the yeah. pollution. And kind of with that, I'd, I'd like to, final note, thank... First of all, you guys for coming in here and doing such a great job. I'd like to thank all the listeners out there. Um, thank you for, you know, tuning in to us. And with yeah. that, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> and for that, we sign off. <laughs>